everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Take This Job and Love It. This is a podcast from Yale's Office of Career Strategy, aimed at helping you through the various aspects of finding a job and building a career that you love. My name is Claire Zala, and I'm a senior in Yale College. I work with the Common Good and Creative Career team to support Yale students interested in pursuing careers that make a difference and encourage creativity. Today, I'm joined on the podcast by Hannah Jacobson Blumenfeld. Hannah is a Washington, D.C.-based consultant whose work focuses on strengthening the capacity of mission-driven organizations to do their jobs well and to create the most social good. Hannah currently serves as the Community Engagement Manager for Creative Forces, National Endowment for the Arts, Military Healing Arts Network, and works extensively in the D.C. community with Capitol Hill Arts Workshop and Serve Your City Ward 6 Mutual Aid. She also manages two public art projects the 50 States Project, and the Capitol Hill Alphabet Animal Art Project. Hannah graduated from Yale College with a BA in History of Art in 2011. Thank you so much for speaking with me today, Hannah. I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks, Claire. Um, so Hannah, your work using art to increase public good is so interesting to me. Could you please tell me more about the different projects that you're working on? Absolutely. So. One of the really interesting things about art is how it can really lead a conversation and can open doors into various different kinds of spaces that you might not necessarily expect the arts to lead to. So I think um, Uncommon Partnerships is one of the spaces that I really like to live into, and that has led to a lot of these different projects. So. Creative Forces is, as you mentioned, a project of National Endowment for the Arts, um, as well as DOD VA. Uh, so that is a collaboration for arts and military. Um, it is managed by Americans for the Arts, uh, as well as the Henry M. Jackson Foundation. So we have all kinds of partners, arts and military. Um, and what I do for them is community engagement. So for me, a big part of what you'll notice about my path is that there's a real focus on community, even when we're talking about something that's more national. So this is national in scope, and it's about bringing arts and healing to folks who are connected with the military. So military-connected populations can include veterans, service members, active duty, uh, guard, reserve, as well as family members and caregivers across the country. And we have uh, 10 different sites that we have worked with over the course of the past several years. And they work on that in a clinical sense and I work on it from the community side. And so that is one portion of the work that I do. And then another portion of the work that I do is located really close to home. As you said, I am here in Washington, DC. I've lived here since graduation, and I actually really got my start here through a Yale Alumni Community Service Fellowship. I worked at the Capitol Hill Arts Workshop, where I'm still involved. So I think those experiences that you have um, during school and with things that might be a little bit outside of what you think your career path might look like can be really important. And I would love to actually come back to that. but. I'll answer your question first about what I actually do uh, on the ground here. Um, for the Capitol Hill Arts Workshop, or CHA, I do a lot of the fundraising strategy. 
And I also served as co-executive director um, a few years ago, and I'm still really privileged to be able to work with them. They are doing incredible community-based work. Their mission is building community through the arts. So that's a big part of that one. And then Serve Your City, Ward 6 Mutual Aid. Should I keep going just uh, yeah, rattling I'm, through these? I'm interested in hearing about this. It sounds, just looking at the kind of projects that you're involved in, it sounds like you really like to take art and put it in places where people wouldn't expect it. Like, I don't know if people would necessarily think of, of recovering from um, a traumatic military experience um, and put that with art therapy or thinking about, I, I just really enjoyed looking at the website for the 50 um, States Project where you track the arts van moving all around. I, so I think it's just super interesting what you're doing with, you know, putting art where people aren't going to expect it. Yeah, that's, it's so important. And I think that is where arts and community building really come together, that when you have artists leading the conversation, we are able to access different kinds of vulnerabilities that we may not otherwise be able to access. We're able to open ourselves to different sorts of conversations. Um, so you mentioned the 50 States Project. They have had to come home temporarily because of COVID-19. Um, but the 50 States Project was two artists traveling in a camper van to all 50 states, making art and having conversations, connecting with people along the way. And that's exactly right, that when we have those opportunities, we're able to help to build something that's bigger than one particular um, job prospector or area. So it's more than art. It's about all of the different ways that the arts can touch our lives and creativity can touch our lives. And in particular, something that I said before about artists leading the way, I see it as my job to create a foundation on which artists can stand and do their work on a bigger platform. That's really my goal. I I did sing at Yale, that's my art form, but I don't consider myself uh, a practicing artist out in the world. I think that people who are practicing artists are doing such important and humanitarian work in a lot of ways that they are our bridge builders, our community builders. And so in my work, I like to think of myself as a connector and a person who can bring together the various parts of the community uh, who can really benefit from each other and in particular from from the arts. And I think that's everybody. Everybody can benefit from the arts. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that idea of the definition of art being a like, connection and then artists acting as connectors. And then because you're the you manage a lot of this, you're like the ultimate connector and just bringing people together. And you mentioned earlier um, how partnership is such an important part of your process. And when I think about a lot of you know nonprofit work. The most successful ones are the ones who really look at the community, who really engage with the community. Um, what does this partnership mean to you in your work? That's a great question, and I think you're absolutely right that the folks who are collaborating are the ones who are really moving the needle. Um, for me, Serve Your City and Ward Six Mutual Aid and CHA are really good example of this. Serve Your City is a Black-led organization um, that provides 
opportunities for black and brown children in Southeast DC um, here to have access to spaces that have been systemically barred to them. And so uh, before COVID, that was through a lot of athletics opportunities, swimming and tennis and rowing crew and after school tutoring. And now it has grown into Ward 6 Mutual Aid. Ward 6 is the ward where we're located as an organization and it includes providing food, PPE, laptops and digital devices, advocating for internet as a public utility, all kinds of pieces to this and after school enrichment, tutoring. Um, it, and most importantly uh, for this particular linkage, art as well. Um, Ward 6 Mutual Aid is based out of the building of the Capitol Hill Arts Workshop. I think this is a fantastic opportunity to talk about how we can partner even during these times that are obviously just beyond challenging for all kinds of organizations. Shaw has to be closed to art classes right now. Can't have a bunch of people in there making together, but we can use it to still support our community. It's a building. What did Ward 6 Mutual Aid need? Space. What does Shaw have? Space. Those are the kinds of partnerships that can come together. And while you might say, well, that's not really art just because it's happening in an art space, I think that's where we have to open our minds to, well, but why would Cha open up to something like this? Why would they think, you know what, that is what we need to do with our building. And I think a big part of that is leading with creativity. Is that when we are in an art space, when we are thinking with our creative minds, that sort of link becomes the norm. That becomes something that completely makes sense as a direction for the organization. It becomes something that helps us to think with our innovative partner minds. And I do think that starts with the art. It starts with leading from, from a space of humility and art is a great way to access that. And just to clarify, uh, Cha is Capitol Hill's Arts Workshop, right? Capitol Hill Arts Workshop, yeah. Got it, awesome. You know, I what I find, find super interesting about your work is that the impact that you're having is one that's difficult to measure with numbers. Like how do you measure the kind of inspiration, you know, arts could give somebody or the meaningfulness of that community? So I'm wondering, how do you personally, and then also as an organization, define success for you? Oh wow, that is a that is a great and big question. Um, metrics matter, impact matters, reaching people matters, and I I don't want to pretend that it doesn't. I think that. What we have found, though, is that measuring measuring partnerships, measuring the number of people that we're able to collaborate with, which then reaches more people, is um, in many ways a more useful metric than, well, how many of X population are you serving? How many of this particular kind of person? And are they walking out with why impact on them. And 
the fact is that the longitudinal benefits of being engaged with the arts and creativity are, they are measured. They are, there are plenty of people out there. Americans for the Arts is one organization that does a great job of measuring a whole lot of different impacts, including the economic impact of the arts, which is, by the way, fantastic for advocacy for local officials. That's a major thing that we can be looking at. That's one measure of success. For me, one thing that I've always been very interested in is looking really specifically at the organization itself and and going back always to the mission. Does your mission speak to what you're really doing and what you really want to be doing? And if so, what is it that we need to measure that's within that mission? So at CHA, it was building community through the arts. Okay. So we built a lot of our metrics around the idea of community. So on surveys, for example, I might write a pre-post survey question about how important creativity was to a person before they walked in and after. Um, whether they felt that creativity was a part of their identity before and after. And then also what it means to be part of a community and whether they feel more part of a community before and after. And what you see is that when you start to put people into this creative space, whether it feels like a more important part of their lives and then whether that builds community, it's not causality. It's not going to be something that will satisfy your math and science uh, majors perhaps, but it's something that feels useful and it, it goes a bit deeper than just how many people, because I think sometimes we get so caught up in only six people came. Okay, well, did you, did you have a real impact on six people? Because if you did, then I think there's something really powerful about that too. Yes, absolutely. And it, it feels like right now when isolation is on trend, it's so important to have those connections between people built up and also just like that, that self-reliance of, of having those resources as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, social connectivity is so top of mind right now. And I think all of the projects that I work on and that so many artists are working on right now are all about combating the social isolation that can have such such intense impact on everyone right now, especially. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to go back to what you mentioned earlier when you were talking about kind of coming out of school and figuring out what you were going to do. Um, back when you were at Yale, um, majoring in art history or history of art, did you know that, you know, one day you would be in DC running all these projects? Definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> I, I sort of imagined that I would be going straight from school to getting a PhD and being an art historian, which I imagined meant either going and getting one of the few jobs as a curator in an art museum, which that's not to say that if that is your dream, you should not go for it because absolutely should, but there aren't that many jobs. <laughs> um, and then, or being a professor. And 
I honestly had not considered the idea of not being in school for a whole lot longer. And when I came to DC the summer between junior and senior year, I had this alumni community service fellowship to work at CHOP. And I, I found myself really drawn to the idea of arts accessibility and that the opportunities that I'd had and the joy that art had given me was something that I felt really compelled to share. And that while there are many paths, including the ones I just mentioned, that that can be linked with arts accessibility, it felt really important to me to work in this space of social justice and art, that that there was something really important to me about working in that intersection and that nonprofit work really called to me. And I also worked um when I could with Cha, they they were amazing to me. They helped me to project manage my first public art project. And I think building trust with organizations and also recognizing that your first job and second job and your third job, none of those jobs are final. That's really the point. There is, and, and honestly, I was just talking a few nights ago about I wonder where my path will lead me next. It's um, it's hard to live in that ambiguous space sometimes. And I think that our generation is different in that we, many of us don't enter one place and then just stay there. And so that can be really hard and it can be really exciting too. Absolutely. Do you, do you have any advice then for you know, the people of our generation who might be graduating um, in the next few years? Especially ones who are maybe interested in the arts or in nonprofits? I think that my best advice would be to not get too caught up in. finding something perfect or, or, or even if you do land your dream job, not holding yourself to that dream always. Jobs and opportunities can be the right thing at the right time or the right thing at the wrong time. And if it's the right thing at the wrong time, it's still not right. And that's okay. I think giving yourself permission to have things not be right, to try something and have it not really feel good, even if it's what you always dreamed you would do, or even if it's exactly what you described to yourself or to others, not feeling beholden to even your own idea of, what that that perfect job will be um with that said talking to people finding those sparks of joy that that you can in work is really important and recognizing that building up a, a really good list of the things that you don't love can be just as useful as building up 
a list of the things that you do love and it'll help you to start to refine as you do get further into your career. What are the opportunities that you want to say yes to? And remembering that saying no is a really, really useful part of the job uh, world as well. Yeah, I think that's so important what you just said. And it's, it's certainly not said enough, just kind of being patient with your dreams and also being patient with yourself, even while ostensibly you're living it. Um, you know, I uh, something I like to do to kind of wrap these up, you mentioned that uh, you kind of have been thinking about what's what's next for you, what those next steps are. Um, do you have any idea like what your hopes for the future are, either personally, professionally, or just, you know, kind of where where you'd like to to either see your work go or however, however that question needs to you. Cool question. I guess I didn't, I didn't prepare for that one. Um, <laughs> Nobody ever does. <laughs> it's good. It's a good thing. It's good to hold me to that. Yeah. You know, I, one thing that I was saying a few nights ago when I was talking about, about my own tap is, that I can see it going a, a whole lot of different ways from where I am. I'm doing some really varied work right now, which I love. And as we talked about, some of the things that I do have a lot of unconventional connections between them and, and within them as well. And I have found over the course of of my career so far for the past 10 years that the opportunities that came up organically tended to be the ones that really brought me a lot of joy and, and evolution in my career. And the ones that I chased after tended to be growing opportunities, but, but, perhaps with more challenges. And so my goal for now is to better learn and better follow those intuitive spaces that to grow into. Um, so, so it's not a really great answer, but I think that's a great it's answer. A true one. <laughs> so I'm just thinking, well, that's such a good answer. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> It can be really hard. It can be really hard not to try to plan. Um, and some method, some, some element of planning is important. Some stretching towards something. But I also think that really tuning in and being intuitive and, and working to hear the voice speaking to you saying that that is me that is that is my voice saying yes go for it and um, that that's a really powerful thing so that's my hope I love that I love that it reminds me of a quote it's I don't know who said it but it's uh like tension is who you should be and relaxation is who you are mm. um and just like really keying into like what ideas do I relax into versus kind of like shove myself into um but yeah well Thank you so much. I really enjoyed our conversation today and I'm, I just really enjoyed speaking with you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Claire. It was really a pleasure to be with you. And I just wanted to mention also that one of the best things you can do is just talk to people. And I know you probably hear that all the time, but 
just know that we are out here. I always love talking to Yaley's. Anyone should feel free to reach out to me if they have questions or just want another set of ears. Fantastic. Thank you so much.